Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in. You guys are amazing. Week after week, uh, you guys are tuning in and we are growing like crazy. You guys have shared these amazing belief casts with these amazing guests that I've had on. We've saved lives. We have made an impact and you guys inspire me. So I want you guys to know, I want you guys to know how much I love and appreciate your support. I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Wasatch Recovery, Siegfried and Jensen, Veracity Networks, and iHeal Institute. You guys are supporting this as well, and I, I can't thank you enough for believing in me. And I want to thank uh, our guest today. We, we have an amazing guy today who commands the room. He's full of energy. He's a powerful force on this planet, and I'm just grateful to have him here today. His name is Justin Reese. Justin, thank you for joining us today. Todd, thank you so much for having me. This is a this is a true honor and a pleasure, man. Uh, I, I enjoy your platform, what you're doing, man, and I'm really happy to come on and share my story, man. Right on, right, right on, Justin. Well, let me give you a little background on Justin. He's a civil litigation personal injury attorney, and you're very passionate about finding justice for people who have been injured, and we're going to talk about that passion. Um, he graduated from Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, in 2004 where he majored in psychology and he was a member of the National Honor Society. He's tried several felony drug cases because I want to talk more about that as well. He's a member of the Louisiana State Bar, member of the National Bar Association, and he's also a certified contract advisor with the NFL, the National Football Players Association. And again, um, he, he's also uh, been a member of the reality TV show Southern Charm. It's a reality show that's on Bravo TV, and uh, he was a, a big, you know, force and a star on that as well. We're going to talk about that, and uh, he's just a, an amazing guy, and I'm so grateful that we've connected today. So, Justin, once again, I'm so grateful for your time today. Oh, man. Thank you, man. Thanks. So, why don't we start? Tell us where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood. No, absolutely. So, I am... Born and born and raised here in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, nice. This is my home. I was very fortunate, and I'm gonna tell you, for me, I didn't realize how lucky I was to be from New Orleans until I got to college. You know, really? um, it was one of those things where you know I love my city so much, the the rich culture, the history, um, and it wasn't until I left to get to Atlanta where I, when people would ask me where I was from, they're like, "Oh man, you're from New Orleans!" Like they just thought that was like the coolest thing, and I was like, "Yo, that's." Yeah, that's where I'm from. Like, you know, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but, you know, growing up in it and that's what you knew. You didn't realize how significant it was because, you know, we're one of the you know cities that really maintains a lot of its European roots and its history. Um, and, you know, it's it's something that's very special. And, uh, and obviously growing up in it, you didn't recognize it until you would hear other people see how much they love it and appreciate it. So that's what you know I kind of appreciate it. But growing up here. It was, uh, you know, growing up in the 90s, man, uh, well, I was born in the 80s, obviously, but like as I became, you know, older, 
you know, came from a great, great parents. Uh, you know, my mom and dad, my dad was a, before he became a judge, he was a practicing attorney. My mother was a social worker. Um, so I kind of, I kind of got the, you know, even people don't realize this, but as an attorney, you also be kind of come a counselor as well because you're always hearing people's problems. So I essentially kind of grew up with like two psychologists in the house, if you want to <laughs> call it that as well. You're like, Very man, they're analyzing everything I'm doing. <laughs> Every, everything. every Well, not only analyzing, but my dad was also like this investigator. So there was no getting over all my parents. <laughs> not right. at all. They, they had every base covered, man. Every base covered. And no matter how much I tried to push the envelope, they were always on top of me. I 100% credit all of my success to them. 100 percent um as 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 strict as they were and they weren't like overbearing but they were strict you know growing up um obviously it was a a lot of things that i did was you know merit-based so if i wanted to go do this i had to show them my tests i had to show them my grades before i could go outside (laughs) show them homework so i mean i was very blessed very blessed to have the parents that i have wow that's awesome Well, let's, let's talk about your parents for a minute. You know, Mm -hmm. you said they're very strict, but they weren't overbearing. And obviously they obviously had high expectations for you. Yeah. You know, growing, growing up, what were some of the lessons that you learned that that maybe stand out to you? Something that maybe some of these principles that they taught you as a young kid. Well, one of the biggest things, my mother is a huge philanthropist. So we were always taught service. We was always taught to give Mm. to others, you know, uh, again, uh, I, I really didn't have too many wants, you know, Todd, I had, you know, parents that were very supportive, anything that I ever wanted to do, anything that I was interested in, whether I wanted to play an instrument or play sports or extracurricular activities, they were always there to push me and to let me kind of just feel my way around and, and allow me to experiment and explore, um, yeah. you know, but that always, that always came with, you know, with all of these blessings, you have to give back. And so, yeah. you know, as a young child, you know, my, my, my parents, especially my mom was big on service. And so whether it was during, you know, Thanksgiving, we were going to the homeless shelter to feed the homeless, you know, we would do toy drives as a kid. She would say, look, you have a lot of these toys. Not every child has what we have. So, you know, let's, it's good to give. So we would do toy drives for Christmas do uh, code drives in the wintertime for kids. And I, and I mean, as a kid, I, you know, you're so oblivious to your, your outside bubble, you know, and it was my parents made sure that, you know, look, just because we have some of these things, not everybody has what we have. And there are people that need help. And, you know, you're called upon to help people, you know, when you've been blessed with things. And so service was a big, big part of growing up. And I still do it today, whether, you know, I I sit on boards for certain uh, nonprofits that I've worked with in the past. Um, Sure. And so I I always try to maintain some level of service and giving back. Well, I love that. I think, yeah, I think service is such an amazing thing, you know, in my world, especially with mental health, we talk a lot about how important service is and actually feeling better about yourself, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so that's great that your mom, you know, was that way with you guys. Do you have brothers and sisters? Yes, I have a I have a younger brother. He's three years younger than me. Okay, yeah. yeah. So how was that? Uh, did you guys get along growing up? Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, I gotta say, like growing up. I mean, obviously, he was my brother. I loved him. I cared about him. But you could not keep us in the same room for too long because we would just start <laughs> tying 
up. I mean, we, my brother and I were <laughs> complete polar opposites. I was the, okay. the very outgoing, you know, the jokester, always out in the street playing with the other kids in the neighborhood, whether it was basketball or football in the street, where my brother was a huge, huge introvert. You know, growing up, okay. all he wanted to do was just stay in his room and read books. That's all he ever wanted to do. And I think for me, growing up, and I and I tell and I say this openly, I really did not understand my brother at that time. I was too young. I was too immature. And I think because I felt like a lot of the other kids, like their younger brothers, would also be outside playing sports and doing things. And it's not that my brother was not athletic. He just was not into the traditional yeah. sports. He was not into baseball and basketball and football. But my brother's, as he got older, he got into mixed martial arts. He got into rugby. A lot of your oh, non-traditional wow. sports and really excelled sure. in that. And even then, but I mean, you're talking about still growing up in in, in the 90s where that wasn't really common. So it was kind of like rugby. Sure you know, kickboxing is <laughs> like, what is that? And so a yeah. little bit, I guess, I guess for me, like just being completely honest, I was actually kind of envious of some of my other friends. Cause you know, they had their young brothers, they were all into the same thing. But as I got older, as I yeah. matured, I actually started to take interest and I was, and I didn't realize this at the time, but I'm actually very thankful because he opened my eyes up to a lot of things about being different. And that that different was amazing. You know, some of the things like, you know, my the books that my brother was reading, like I had no, he was reading literally Grey's Anatomy in high school. It's like, who are you? You know, you know, <laughs> right, and, you're, and you're, and you're doing, and you're doing this for fun. It's not even a, it's not even a required reading right. for school, you know, <laughs> but his interest opened, I opened up to him and he introduced me to a world like a, he was into different music. I was into like rap and hip hop. Like he was listening to like, you know, these European like DJs and like like EDM <laughs> before it was like EDM and stuff like this. Right, and right. <laughs> I, I actually credit. I actually truly credit him as I got older, like starting to understand, you know, his likes and venture into his world. And I was like, yo, this stuff is actually really cool. And we we've gotten so much closer as we've gotten older. And, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm actually very lucky to have a brother that was into different things because he really opened my eyes up to a, like a whole new world and even a bigger world than what I was used to in my circle. Yeah. Well, this is one of the things I, I've already, you know, I, I got this from you as I, I've done, you know, I've studied you over the little, last little while. You, you are a very positive person, very passionate person. And I love what you're saying about your brother and how you ultimately you're seeing how good this was for you um, to mm -hmm. have him as a brother and, and the differences. I love what you said. Different is amazing. Being different is amazing. And uh, that, that, that really hit me so hard. Uh, you know, I know growing up, uh, I, I'm sure where you grew up, you uh, had a lot of friends uh, because again, you're very outgoing. How, how did your friends play an impact on your life and a role as you moved forward? You know, I've, I have friends from, you know, from all walks of life. And, you know, I tell people, you know, and, and I don't want to bring this like too much about race, but sure. in, especially in the black community, you know, more often than not, you kind of you don't really have like a huge bell curve as far as like when you talk middle class, sometimes you have like the haves and more of like the have nots. Right. So I, I have I, I have friends from literally all walks of life and friends that I grew up with. 
and as we got older, some stayed on the straight, narrow path and did amazing things and others, not so much. And, you know, I show, you know, people are amazed to see like, you know, you know, I have friends, you know, that I grew up with who have been to jail, you know, and yeah, they've, they've come sure. out and they've changed their life around. But obviously that happened when we were younger. And I'm going to tell you, you know, having the background that I have, having the parents that I have, there have been little pockets of friends where if my parents didn't give me the right teachings and if they didn't tell me what was right, what was wrong and put me in all these amazing situations and to know like, hey, look, you have to be strong. We can't be with you all the time. You have to know that if you're with someone and you don't feel comfortable and you feel like this is a bad situation, it's okay to stay and call us. We'll come get you. You know, we'll take you home. You will not get in trouble. And there have been situations yeah. where I've had friends who were doing things that were that were illegal, that they weren't supposed to be doing. And I had to start removing myself from that situation. Yeah. I had to start changing my environment. Um, you know, I have a childhood friend of mine um, and I don't want to get too much into this, but I had a child friend of mine this summer. We graduated from high school and uh, he wound up getting I mean, I was following. Well, let me just kind of backtrack. I was following around with him. I'm not going to say his name, but I was following around with him you know, from eighth grade and ninth grade. And we were just getting into trouble left and right. You know, we were always in detention and it was just, just stupid mischievous stuff, you know, like, right. you know, yeah. but it, it wasn't at that time. It, it, it was not illegal, the things we were doing, but it was just like, we're getting into trouble for no reason. And he wound up getting kicked out of high school and his parents, you know, he and his mom, they moved to like a completely different part of the city. At that point, he wound up going to a different high school. And then once, you know, we kind of, we, we didn't, we kind of drifted apart, you know, um, in a sense where it's not that we, we didn't talk to each other anymore per se, but like, we just kind of started doing our own thing. And so fast forward senior year, we graduate from high school. Um, there's a big party going on and, you know, the things that he was doing in the past, he would, even in ninth grade, well, actually he did do some legal stuff. He used to steal cars and, you know, go to the football games and stuff like that. Never did that with him though. Um, but party happened he got into it with two guys and he wanted well let's just say allegedly he killed both of those guys and oh, he was wow. with another guy where they i guess they thought he the other guy thought they were gonna go fight these guys because they like mm -hmm. crashed this house party and they wow. Wow. the one my, my friend wound up like i said allegedly killing these two guys now doing life in prison where the other guy wound up getting 10 years just for being with him so the first wow. 10 years of his life at 18 years old from 18 to 28 he spent in a prison. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's just those things where you, 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 you've been taught to like, you know, you've got to put yourself in the right situations, make the right decisions. And even though people that you may be friends with, sometimes you got to stand up to them and say, Hey, look, man, this is not the way to handle things. So, you know, yeah. I've had those different pockets and I always tell people, I say, look, you become a product, you know, of the people you hang around, hang around with. I, I know it's so cliche, but the birds of a feather, literally, yeah. that kind of situations, those kind of people can always pull you down. I mean, and you talk about, you know, mental health. I mean, look, you might have friends yeah. who aren't doing anything illegal, but just their their negative attitude, their negative energy, you know, things that, you know, you know, and I'm not I know everybody has things that happen in life, things that are going bad. But I've learned when you start to change your mindset, when as, as bad as things can be, and you have every reason to be upset, but at some point you have to change the paradigm and, and shift of, of the way that you're thinking. Wow. 
and yeah. and 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 it takes some action. But even then, when you're around folks who bring in a lot of that negativity, it will start to eat you up, and, and you it will affect yeah. you, hundred percent. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. And how blessed you are to have parents who are like, hey, if you're ever in a bad situation, call us. We'll come get you. You won't get in trouble. We're here. I mean, how cool is that? The youth, I'm sure you felt comfortable knowing that, hey, I can call my parents. I'm not going to get in trouble. Oh, uh, they absolutely. Got my back. I, and I've even, I've, I can recall where I literally did that one time. Like I was with some friends. You know, obviously their situation was different from mine. They could kind of come and go as they please, do whatever they want. And I remember it was literally time for me to go home. It was getting, it was starting to get like after my curfew. They weren't ready to go right. home. They weren't ready to take me home. And I'm in high school and I literally got out the car, like got out the car. I'm on right. Canal Street in New Orleans, got out the car. <laughs> and I was like, I called my parents. I was like, yo, dad, you got to come get me. Like these guys. You know, they're still out here having fun. They don't want to bring me home. Please come get me. Yeah. And wow. and I was like, I'm stuck. And that was like one of the best things they said. Like, again, not in trouble. He's like, that's one of the best things you could have done and continue to keep doing that. Wow. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, you talked, you mentioned just a minute ago about mindset and being positive and confident. And, you know, if, if we're hanging around, you know, maybe the wrong crowd, it, it, it will bring us down and, it, it, I mean, it's just true. That's the fact. Um, you, you're a very powerful presence. I said that at the very beginning, and you, you're a very positive person. Is were you always like that as a child, or is this something you picked up from your mom and dad? Or, I mean, again, you're, you're again, you command the room. That's the best way I can say it. Man, you just <laughs> you got a powerful, <laughs> and, and and that's a that's a gift you have. Have you always been like that? And how how have you created this powerful mindset? Um, I think I've always been very outgoing and I think as I gotten older and as I matured more, I understood what my strengths were and mm -hmm. I wanted to truly take advantage of that in a very positive way. You know, um, I realized that, you know, especially when I'll say, especially when I got to law school and, um, I didn't, I was not the best law student at all. Like I even, you know, questioned my potential ability of being a lawyer in law school because it was rough really? for me. Oh, I'll even I tell people, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell people this and I'm not ashamed of this at all. I own it. I, I embraced it. And I think it helped make me who I am today. You know, mm. um, when I was in law school, I actually wound up going on academic probation after my first semester. And, okay. and uh, it was rough. Like I've never in my entire life been on academic probation. And I think it was a culmination of things. It was one, my first year of law school was the uh, Katrina year. Um, so oh, we had God. just gotten through Hurricane wow. Katrina. Uh, yeah. I probably still wasn't in probably the right headspace to be starting grad school. Um, I probably should have taken a year off, but I just kind of pushed through it. And I was looking for an escape to get out of my situation where I was at the time um, and going to Houston was going to be that escape for me, but, um, okay. I was not, uh, I was not a good law student at all. Um, I was literally at the bottom of my class, uh, <laughs> being there, literally when you're on academic probation, you're at the bottom of your yeah, class. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, in my second semester, my GPA was just good enough for me to get off the academic probation and, you know, 
kind of still get rolling. But while I was there, I discovered that I was pretty good at public speaking. And I was like, well, I'm not the best law student, so I got to be good at something. And so <laughs> um, I started uh, trying out for the mock trial teams, the mediation teams, you know, doing a lot of like the, the you know, the different oration competitions and yeah. really start really started excelling. Because like I said, you know, I'm not really good at, at this at taking these law school tests. I know the stuff, but putting it on right. paper is a completely different thing, but man, <laughs> I sure could talk to people. So let me just, let me see where this, where this, where this current takes me. And so yeah. I really started, you know, honing in on my trial skills, my public, my public speaking more. Um, I used to have a very thick New Orleans accent. And when I'm around family and friends, it kind of comes out, but <laughs> I, I was definitely a local boy and I learned how to right. speak uh, with more diction, speak more clearly and uh focusing my my energies in that and so doing some of these competitions i wound up doing a mock trial competition with my team we went to a national competition we actually wound up winning the national championship where we were ranked number one in the country in mock trial oh wow uh, yeah awesome. yeah uh that was that was really cool and and i was like okay this okay so i'm, I'm starting to feel good like wow we just won a national championship and that was my first competition ever Ever. Really? <laughs> yeah. As a so that's incredible. Competition competitions are usually reserved for your second and your third years. And you know, there are teams out there that had third years who have already had experience, you know, from their second year. And so this was my first time ever doing a competition. We get out there, we win the national championship. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So then I started with focusing on other areas like mediation. Uh I won the Southeast region mediation competition which then qualified me to go to nationals and so uh didn't didn't win nationals that time but won the southeast won uh won that went to nationals competed well didn't really do as well as i wanted to but great opportunity and then i was like time yeah. to take it a step further and uh i worked as a uh what they call a, stu a student uh prosecutor at the da's office and okay. this was one of those other kind of it was it was that was a crazy situation, uh, but it was a, a godsend in a way because our DA's office was like the wild, wild west back then. <laughs> and sure. and when the reason why I say this is if you ask any other law student from any other law school, if they're doing like what they call clinicals, where they're working at the DA's office, the public defender's office, all of these different things, they don't you don't you don't get the big cases like they have you like doing like misdemeanor, like drug possession sure. cases, like, yeah. you know, you know, guy got yeah. caught with like a little bitty bag of marijuana type deal. Right. No, <laughs> us, we were thrown into the fire. I had classmates, including myself. We were doing murders, rapes no as wow. students sitting second chair as oh students. My. Wow. <laughs> Let me tell you my, like I started in the summertime <laughs> And so coming into the fall, the first day, starting in the fall, the first day I had to be in court for the fall semester, uh, I get in there and one of the guys that I work with over the summer, he was like, oh, Justin, you're assigned to my section. That's awesome. You have a trial uh, with a guy that's being charged with a felony in possession of a firearm that carries 10 years mandatory in jail. I got to go to Bad Rouge and testify in front of legislature. Trial starts in 15 minutes. I was like, 
wait, what? You're going to leave. I'm a law student. You're leaving me to try a defendant who's facing 10 years in jail? Like, seriously? And I was like, wow. and, and, and look, I asked him, I was like, what's the, what's the defendant's <laughs> name? He was like, uh, the file is on the table. Just go read it real quick and then get ready for trial. I was like, is it a jury trial? Is it a judge trial? And it's like, it's a judge trial, but you'll be fine. Just, just go read the file real quick. You got 15 minutes. I got to get out of here. And I'm like, mortified. And I'm like, I sure, opened up the yeah. file. And I'm like, frantically, like, going through the police report, reading everything. <laughs> it was yeah. insane. I was very lucky where the defense, defense attorney comes to me on the show. He's like, hey, uh, my client's interested in doing a plea deal. Is there something we could do? And I was like, I think there is. Hold on. I was like, <laughs> thank you. Oh, wow. So I was able to, That's I was able to, I was, crazy. yeah, I was, I was able to uh, uh, get approval for a plea deal uh, like 15 minutes before wow. I was supposed to do a trial. And I mean, I'm, like I said, I got to do a trial. And this, that's not a little case. Like somebody's estate no. mandatory, like 10 years in jail if you're convicted. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you're not kidding. Get thrown into the fire. Wow. So I, so all, I say all <laughs> of that to say this like, you know, I saw the areas that I was weak at. And, and, and I did clearly, I didn't give up on trying not to be a good student. Obviously, sure. I was working yeah. to get better at that. And I did. And I want to be. And I wound up doing that because my last two semesters, I got like a three, nine and a three, seven, you know, for each semester respectively. So like I figured that wow. part out. I mean, it was at the end of, it was at the end of the journey, but I figured it out. Hey, still but, you uh, figured it out. <laughs> yeah. But I, I found that my strengths were public speaking. And so I was like, yeah. you know what? I might not ever be necessarily the best like legal analyst and legal mind. I know what I'm doing. Um, and it's proven, yeah. I've proven that through my work, you know, and my firm and the clients that I represent. But I, I found out being a trial lawyer was something that, you know, that that's where I have my most confidence. That's where I focused on on getting that, you know, that attention, that presence in, in, in that area. Wow. Now, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I'm still like blown away. <laughs> that, that, I can't imagine. Oh man, it's like okay, you got 15 minutes. Good luck. <laughs> like, that, I'm not exaggerating. I'm that is the literal play by play. Oh, I will wow. never, I will never forget that day. Wow. Well, you know, obviously, you, your dad, your dad's a judge, right? Yes. Um, and, and is that kind of where your your passion and desire came from? Seeing your dad doing what he was doing, is that why you ultimately went down that career path? It was twofold. Um, first, you know, my dad, before he became a judge, uh, very successful lawyer. My dad, um, you know, probably one of his more prominent cases that I remember growing up when I was in high school was he was representing a young man, uh, 17 years old at the time, who the first trial, they wound up convicting him and put on death row. He was the youngest person on death row in the history of in, uh, Louisiana, 17 years old. It was a big wow. trial, big trial, yeah. uh, lots of media attention. And this was a crazy case because after he was convicted, it was like something out of a movie. My dad gets like this mysterious package delivered to yeah. his office or mailed to his office. And it is literally evidence completely exonerating his client. It was something oh, wow. out of a movie. It was insane. Yeah. So he, you know, he wind, he wound up getting a new trial because of that, uh, wound up getting an acquittal. Uh, his client, uh, 
uh, was taken off death row, quitted. Uh, and so I'll say seeing that and seeing how um, respected it was, a lot of people growing, you know, when I was growing up, actually, hey, you want to be like your dad when I grew up? And I'm not going to lie, I was intimidated, intimidated by the, even the thought of trying to fill his shoes. And, and then as I got, as like, that was right before I got to college. And then when I got to college, he became a judge. So like his, his shadow and his shoes just kept growing bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. Yeah. I'm like, there's yeah. no way. So I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm just going to go completely different. I'm going to be a doctor. And when I got to college, I realized very quickly, I mean, I thought I was good at science in high school, but we know the sciences in college are a completely different animal. And oh, just like sure. many, <laughs> just like many, I also fell, fell by the wayside. And <laughs> um, the one thing I can say about my father is my father never, never pressured for me to be like him. He always mm. said, you got to be your own man. And those were always his yeah. words. And he never said it one time. He always said, whatever you do, you just, yeah. I just want you to be the best at it. If you want to be a teacher, be the best teacher. If you want to be a doctor, be the best doctor, whatever you want to do, just be the best at it. You know, just have yeah. passion, be the best at it. And he used to always say, he's like, son, you don't have to grow up to be me. You don't have to grow up to be like, me. you don't have to do if you know, if you be a lawyer, you don't have to be me. You always have to be yeah. you. And he used to always try to reinforce that. And I didn't listen to him because it was just the outside. Everybody was like, Hey, yeah. don't you want to be like your dad? <laughs> and so yeah. again, as I got older and I'm, and I'm realizing, okay, well, this doctor thing is not going to work out for me. So I've got to figure out. And I've always enjoyed what he did. Cause I used to go to court with him when I was younger and I would watch oh, some yeah. of, some of his trials. And I always enjoyed it i used to watch those old court shows with my dad like la law like the 80s yeah. i used to sit like la law i used to watch the uh, watch those kind of shows with my dad so i've always liked it and i think once i got over the the whole fear of like trying to emulate him or be him and where i was like you know what i can be my own person and do uh, walk my own path i think that's when i realized it's like this probably is meant for me yeah well, your parents sound amazing. Um, just the way they raised you. And again, you know, be your own man. I think that's a way when I hear that, when a father tells a, a son or a daughter, Hey, be your own person. It's, mm -hmm. I think what they're, I think what they're really saying is I believe in you. You can yes. do whatever you want. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, Absolutely. That, and that's, I, and I, again, I think that's why you've been so good at what you do is that you believe in yourself. That's that's what's coming across to me as I'm talking to you even right now, Justin, is the belief you have in yourself and the confidence that you can do these amazing things that you're doing. Yeah. No, I was like I said, I was very fortunate. You know, uh, you know, like I said, now, my parents, they were all about excellence, too. Like they they didn't care what I did as long as I was the best at it or, yeah. or at least the not not necessarily the best like overall but i'm giving my best you yeah, know yeah um, that makes sense my, yeah like even even when i played sports you know my dad used to always you know my parents came to for the most part every single game right and so when yeah. i played on the varsity team i played defensive end and you know um you know my dad would always say like you had a great game but the big thing even if i had like three or four sacks or whatever the case may be he would always say, did you leave it all out on the field? Did you give it everything you had? You know, yeah. he said, son, you could have zero sacks in the game. But if you went out there and you played hard every single play and know that you did everything you could do and you couldn't do more, then I'm happy with that. 
But if, if I went out there and had 10 sacks, but could have had 15 because I took some yeah. plays off, you know, he was like, that's not, that's not, you have to give every, you have to give it your everything. Like I said, I don't care if you even have a 10 sack game, but if you could have went and got 15 and you took plays off that, that's going to be a problem. You know, he just wanted me to, yeah. they, my parents wanted me to, to give, give it my all with everything and just be the, the best version of me. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. You know, I'm sure you've had moments in your life where you've struggled personally. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can share whatever you feel comfortable with, but I'm, I'm curious about what did you do in those moments? Because a lot of people listening to your voice right now who uh, are, are struggling with something um, they're wrestling with something or mm -hmm. they have a, a loved one that's struggling well, how did you handle those moments that, you know, when you were having a rough day or you felt down or depressed and, you know, just curious on how you dealt with that? Um, you know, I think those moments still don't don't end, you know, even yeah. even as I sit here today, you know, I, I still have moments yeah. where I struggle. I struggle with things. Sure. And I'm going to tell you more recently, COVID. COVID was was yeah. huge for me. Um, you know, it threw everything about me off my routine, my mental health, mm. you know, I'm used to, there's a part of me, I like to be out, but I also like to be home. And the fact that we were stuck at home really, really kind of affected me. Um, I'm not gonna, I'll be the first to yeah. admit I gained a bunch of weight during this time where I was mm -hmm. generally very active, you know, getting out, yeah. exercising. Um, and so, you know, for me, a uh, couple things. One, uh, started even seeing like a mental health professional, someone to talk to, having a counselor. Uh, yeah. You know, being a lawyer can be stressful in itself. And then when sure. you add on top of what's going on, it's always, look, it's, it's, it's good to talk to somebody. And I'm yeah. and I even speak a little bit further, you know, from a cultural standpoint, you know, it wasn't always like the big thing, especially for people in the black community to go see mental health professionals. You know, we were mm -hmm. always taught, you know, go to your preacher, you go see your preacher, you know, yeah, or you right, go see your right. pastor, your pastor. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that's, that's the wrong thing to do either. But I think also right, with right. that, it's, it's, it's good to have someone that can give you, especially you know, whatever your beliefs are, uh, whether, you know, like whatever your religious beliefs are or, or, and if, but if you don't have one, I would definitely say, you know, it'd be good to talk somebody, talk to someone. And even if whatever your religious beliefs are, I still think that sometimes there's certain techniques that, you know, mental health professionals with counselors, psychiatrists, things like that, that have that, cause not all religious, uh, leaders have, that background so that background um, exactly yeah. yeah and 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 i and i'm gonna try to kind of touch on both because I, I actually found sure. a way to work both but yeah please uh um you know for me one of uh one of the one of the counselors that i was seeing um actually he's he has a degree in social work and he's also a pastor so i kind of found a way to balance both i was able to get because I have a strong faith in God and Jesus. And so I was able okay. to get some of my religious aspect with a little bit of the mixture of his credentials and social work and, and counsel counseling and therapy as well. So, and I wanted both of those. And so, because okay. I, because gotcha. I have a strong faith base, I wanted to get the faith, you know, reinforcement as well as the, let's call it the behavioral and the psychological you know, aspects combined. That was my personal preference, you know. Um, yeah. But I just highly recommend 
just talking to someone. If if you have the ability to do that, don't be ashamed of it. You know, yeah. uh, mental health is yeah. so important. Um, and I've learned that it's it's okay, and it's okay to be open about it. Like it's, I think the stigma that used to come with that, if you had to see a counselor, was that you were crazy, right? And yep. and I think now, you know, as we've gotten you know, as, as we've gotten older and we've grown up and even kind of where we are as a society, I think mental health is talked about a lot more. I think it still has some, yeah. some, lo- some more ways to go, but it's talked about so much more where it's becoming more acceptable, where you can open yeah. say, Hey guys, I gotta, I gotta go meet with my, my therapist, but I'll meet y'all. I'll meet y'all for happy hour when I'm done, you know? And, <laughs> And no, right, and right. no one thinks they're like, oh, all right, cool. We'll see you. We'll see you in like two hours. Cool. Sounds good. You know, sure, and, yeah. and, and, and not that many people are really thinking twice about it too much anymore. Um, so I found, you know, doing that, I finally started getting myself back on track where, yeah. you know, just even just healthy eating. If I'm not able to get to the gym all the time, because yeah. I, I didn't, I, I, being healthy, I realized also how much more that made me productive and how much happier that made me feel. Sure. You know, I'll be the first yeah. one to tell people, you know, since I've gained weight, like I really hate posting pictures, you know, right now because I've mm-hmm. really ballooned and that has affected my mental health as well. So exercising, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that I just go hard. Like I still enjoy the weekends. You still enjoy a nice meal, sure. but like I've tried yeah. to eat so much healthier during the week, which has also yeah. helped me save some money as well as opposed to eating <laughs> out all the time. For you know, sure, yeah, yeah, and then getting back to exercising more. So all of these different things for me, I found that is starting to help me get back to like the happier and the more smiling. Yeah. You know, yeah. because even even knowing that I have to go in with the work that I do as far as like advocating for people, I find that it's even more draining that I'm forcing it. And when I'm coming yeah. home, because I I hadn't been sure. working on myself. So I'm like gotcha. even more drained and I, and I don't eat it. It kind of spirals where you don't even want to do anything. So, you know, if I think if you, if you put yourself in those positions to stay healthy mentally and physically, it completely just changes your world and everything else that you're doing. Wow. Very well said. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I love mm-hmm. that you are talking about this. I mean, again, people, and when, when my listeners really get to know you and they mm-hmm. see you and, you're, again, you're this powerful presence, but at the same time, you struggle too. And and I love that you, you're you being vulnerable even right now saying, hey, you know, I, I reached out and got some help. And I, I, I love that because I think a lot of times we, we try to like, we want to be strong or, or it has that stigma mm-hmm. like, oh, if I go see a therapist, you know, people are going to think I'm going crazy or I'm crazy and I'm not going to tell anyone if I ever do go and and I love how you just, you know, you just normalized it. And yes, and I love that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that, that was the biggest thing. I mean, it's like, and I know I'm not the only one out there, you know, I'm just not sure. going to be scared to say, to say it, you know, and, yeah. and I'm going to do whatever I can. Cause there's other people struggling to try to normalize it because it is normal. Yeah, no, I love it. I love that. You said that, um, God, there's so many questions I want to ask you, you know, I, <laughs> I want to shift gears just a little bit. I mean, yeah. why why would you want to be on a reality show? <laughs> you know, 
You know, that's that's a, that's actually <laughs> that's actually a good question. And I share this. I share how how it all happened. It was actually okay, very, yeah, please. very very random. It wasn't something that I actually like applied for or oh, okay. or something that I <laughs> sought out like as a part of something that I really just wanted to do. You know, the the crazy part was, you know, I was one of those people where I was sitting at home. I'm a big I'm, I'm a big Bravo fanatic. I used to watch every sure. show on Bravo. You name it. I watched it. I love yeah, Bravo. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I had some, some mutual friends of mine who were also part of the show. I guess the producers kind of reached out. They reached out to them first. And the way it works is, you know, they, they start saying, hey, you know, we're trying to do this. We're thinking this. We're looking for this, uh, uh, a guy who kind of fits like this description or a woman who does this and yeah. So my okay. name, my name got my name got thrown into the hat. And so, okay. <laughs> you know, when they when they called me, um, I was like, OK, so it was kind of like, hey, we're trying to do this. We would love to kind of interview you for it. Are you interested? And I was like, it's kind of random, but I was like, sure. I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'll play this, play this game and see how far it gets. And I'm like, <laughs> sure, what's the yeah. worst thing on, like, like Ty, what's the worst thing going to do? Tell me no. And I go right back to being a lawyer. Oh my God, my right. life is so terrible. My life is so terrible, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, I started doing the Skype calls and the interviews and, yeah. you know, then we started doing some test filming and they kept calling me back. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm doing something right. And, yeah, you know, I was one yeah. of those, I was also one of those where, you know, I also understand how Hollywood works, where, you know, it's not like yeah. a job interview where they also call you and say, hey, you know, we appreciate you coming in, but we're going to go in a different direction. They just don't, they just stop talking to you. But they yeah, kept, right. they kind of kept calling me back. But I was also like, I also understood. I was like, look, I'm not going to believe anything until I got a camera in my face. And so, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and sure enough, you know, went through the process and. I had cameras in my face. And so yeah. <laughs> here, yeah. here we are, here we are. But, um, but yeah, man, it was, it was something where, you know, it wasn't something that I was like searching to do and looking to sure, do, sure. but I saw it was an opportunity and I was like, Hey, I'll, I'll take it and run with it and let's see what happens. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, and again, that's that I got your name out to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got hundreds of thousands of followers now and, and, you know, again, here we are doing this podcast and, and it's not because of that, but I, again, I love just the presence that you, you command the room is the best way I can say this. And I think that's why you were so good at those mock trials early on, because mm. you probably just commanded the room. I bet people are like, who is this dude? Right? <laughs> and, this room. <laughs> and, and I think that's the gift you have. And whether you're on a reality show, whether you're in the uh, you know, courtroom or whether you're just talking here with me, um, you can feel that presence about you. And I don't know if people have told you this, I'm sure they have, but you really have this presence about you that I, uh, not only is it positive and confident, but it's also very, it feels very safe. If I can say that. You know, that no, one thing about me, um, and this is, I guess, other upbringing from my parents, like I try to be inclusive of everybody. No matter where you're from, who you are, what walk of life, what you do for a living, I'm not above anybody. I talk to everybody. Yeah. I, I used to always tell people I could talk to talk to a two year old or eighty year old and everybody in between. <laughs> it does it does not matter to me. Yeah, well, you know, and I and I get that from you, and you know, you're very well spoken, 
but again, I safe's the word that comes up. And yeah. I love that about you. And you know, if, if there's someone listening to your voice right now, Justin, who is struggling, we, we talked about this off mm-hmm. the air before we started, uh, uh, most of my followers are struggling with something or they have a family mm-hmm. member who's in, in dire straits at times. You've already given some really good advice, but if you could talk to that one person right now who is in a dark place and they're not sure what to do, what, what advice could you give them right now, Justin? You know, I'll say this, you know, for, for someone who is not in a space where they're happy in a space where they feel as dark, there's no hope. Just know that people love you. You may not believe it, but people love you. People care about you. You know, I have a few friends that have, uh, you know, committed suicide and, or mm-hmm. let's just say die, die by suicide. I'd rather yeah. change, change that term. They, they, they pass by suicide. And yeah. I think it's important for them to know. And, and, I, and, I, and I've done a better job of this. I tell my friends all the time, both men and women, I love you. You know, mm. and wow. I want people to know that you are loved, you know, that you, people care about you. Um, and sometimes it may be difficult to for people to sometimes see that because even using the examples of my friends that have passed by mm. suicide, they would put on a happy face. And yeah. it's hard for sometimes for us to know if something is going on, if, yeah, you know, if, if we don't know, you know, don't be scared to say what's happening. Don't be scared to say, I'm not feeling right. Just know that mm, you have yeah. someone there, someone that will be there by your side, someone. And it, and it might not even be a family member. It might be the neighbor next door to you or the, the person across the street. Sometimes it doesn't come from, <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't come from immediate family, you know, yeah. but just, just know that you are loved. Wow. Beautiful message, Justin. Thank you so much. You know, um, I think, you know, as I, again, did my research on you and sitting here talking with you, you know, you're, you're such this influence and this powerful force. What are your, do you have any future plans? I mean, are you going to just keep going down the road you're going down? Or is there anything that uh, you could maybe share with us that you, you got some ideas that you're going to do in the future that we could look forward to? Um, one of the things, you know, uh, you know, part of my, my practice, uh, my personal injury practice is I love helping people and people are, you talk about being in dark times. I actually, this year alone, I have a couple cases that, that have come my way where people, family members have lost loved ones in accidents. And yeah. so, you know, it's now up to me to represent them, to kind of help figure out what's going to be the next chapters in their life and to do, to represent that person who passed yeah. to make sure that that family set up moving in the future. So uh, as I continue to grow my practice, that's something I've, I've been very passionate about. That's something that, you know, I still love to do. And it's, it's more than just being a lawyer. I'm also a psychologist. I, I sit there and I got to talk and listen to yeah. every single thing that's going yeah. on with them and be a source of comfort and guidance for them. You know, when they say like, you know, they call lawyers counselors. You know, it's not just legal counselors, you know, sometimes we're also For mental sure. health counselors and, you know, yeah. we take on, we take on their burdens. And so uh, definitely continue to plan on growing, you know, um, in my practice. Uh, more recently, I've gotten into uh, to real estate as well. So that's, oh, right you on. know, that that's something that uh, that I've I've started kind of taking a passion towards and, you know, um, you know, helping people because 
uh, one of my really good friends who's been doing it, I've kind of been doing it with, he started a nonprofit where his, well, at least his nonprofit portion is there people who have been having issues um, with homes, whether they owe a bunch of back taxes, you know, okay. uh, and what we do is we'll let people know. Cause sometimes people don't even realize that, you know, your house is going to be up for a tax sale, you know, You've got to take it. Oh, so, so sorry, my dog is. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, welcome to welcome to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, sometimes they don't even realize that they're about to lose their home, and so you know we reach out to these people, we put them on notice, we let them know, like, hey, look, you know your property is, you know, one of the biggest things that you own, and we don't want you to lose it. Like, like let's try to figure out something to help you get that taken care of. So that's one of the things that I've been doing more recently now um, as well. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens moving forward with the entertainment side of things. Um, you know, we're sure. still waiting to see if we're going to move, move forward with another season of the show. Um, but also I've also said too, people used to always ask me in law school, uh, what did you want to do or what kind of lawyer you wanted to be? And I used to always say, well, I want to be a judge. And, and I would have a long pause and I would say, but on TV. And so, <laughs> yeah, and, I could see and, that. And so I would actually, I, I mean, if I was ever approached with the opportunity of being a TV judge, I would definitely jump on that. Oh yeah. You'd be, you know, when you say that, I'm like, man, that would be perfect. You would be so good would, at it. I would have, <laughs> I, that's something I know I would have so much fun doing. So oh, much fun. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time today, Justin, and sharing your story with us. You know, we could have talked about all this, you know, about being a lawyer, but I love more of how you just shared your story and yeah. just everything you've kind of gone through as you grew up and just, man, your parents and your brother. And it's just beautiful, man. I just, I love hearing these kind of stories and, and getting to know more about you. And I'm sure our listeners right now are going, man, that was amazing. If they, if, if people want to reach out to you and get to know you better, mm -hmm. what's the best way for them to do that? Um, uh, all of my, I'm, look, I've, I've been very uh, strategic. I make sure all my social medias are the same. So whatever okay. my Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, it's all the Justin Reese. So I can, you know, I have all of the social media platforms, the Justin Reese is all the same across all boards. Uh, okay. My office, if you have any legal issues, my law office here in, uh, in New Orleans, I'm at the King King Injury Firm. Uh, it's kinginjuryfirm.com, uh, okay. where I can be reached at if you have any legal issues and want to talk to me about some stuff. I uh, can be reached there as well. Wow, beautiful. Well, I can't thank you enough, Justin, for taking some time out of your out of your day to sit down with me. It's been my pleasure, uh, my blessing to uh, learn more about you and our listeners. Uh, I'm so grateful that they get to hear your story and. Uh, I challenge the listeners to reach out to you. Um, and, you know, just like we were saying, you have some amazing advice and sometimes you're not just the lawyer. You're also a counselor and a therapist mm. and, and a, and a life coach and all the, all yeah. the above. And I challenge our listeners to reach out to you and ask you questions and uh, get to know you better as well. And, uh, but I, I can't thank you enough, uh, Justin, for. Absolutely. Now, well, I welcome, I welcome it as well. I welcome it as well. So please. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And uh, listeners, like I said, this Justin was going to be amazing today. And it, uh, it, it exactly was that. And I thank you for tuning in. Again, thanks to our sponsors. And uh, please share this with everyone you know and anyone who's struggling, who needs to feel inspired. Justin's story will do that. So please uh, send that on to them. And thank you once again for believing in me and 
one last time, Justin, thank you for your time today. Totally appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, man. Okay. Till next time, everybody. <laughs>